Oliver Callan on RTE Radio 1. And you're all very welcome back, Oliver at That is the email address as well. Now, I want to talk about children's books this morning. We're going to go to a happy place. Irish books, as we know, they're flying at the moment. We've Booker Prizes coming up, the Yazoo, best-selling titles <laughs> in Britain and uh, American bookshops. And that's just the books for grown-ups. What about the children's books? And particularly children's books by Irish authors, because they've been going through maybe a quiet period as our shelves are filled with celebrity authors from the UK and old classics. Uh, and despite we had a golden age there showing a promise a few years ago, there are amazing authors out there. They're just not flying off the shelves. As they, well, they're doing they're doing rightly. They're getting, we'll discuss all of this because <laughs> author and children's book champion Sarah Webb is in studio. Good morning to you, Sarah Webb. Hello, Oliver. Hello, Always Oliver. a very colourful um, presence in, our, in their <laughs> lives for all, the, all of us who love books. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I was listening to the brilliant news about the BAFTAs. Yes. But what struck me was Samantha Morton. I've always loved her since I saw her. Is it in, in America? She was yeah. Yeah, and I she think we kind of half think she's Irish. She does such yeah. a good Irish yeah. accent. Yeah. But she was talking about the importance of representation for her and seeing Kess. Mm-hmm. And she said, I recognised myself. The stories we tell have the power to change children's lives. Yeah. And I really, I, I kind of gulped at that. I was almost in tears because it's really what we're talking about today. It's the power of stories to change children's lives. And what I'm really concerned with is Irish children's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... No, no, it's a fantastic point because when we take ourselves back to when we're uh, little people and books were (laughs) heavy and difficult, you you forget as an adult how new the world is to to the young eyes. It's funny, I was talking to uh, my taxi driver. Well, he's not mine, obviously, the taxi driver. (laughs) Hello, Joe, uh, who very kindly brought me in this morning. And he was saying he remembered a book from his childhood called I Am David. And he can remember how emotional it made him and how it was quite quite scary, you know, it had the Nazis chasing a Mm -hmm. young boy. But he he spoke about it with such, you know, um, wisdom and joy and he remembered it so much. And I think you were in our shop halfway up the stairs recently, Oliver. I was, a winner of an Irish Book Award. Yeah, and you were talking about some books that you loved as a child, including lovely Uncle Don Conroy. Uncle Don. Yeah, of course, Paint for Fun. Yeah. 1985. But you were talking (laughs) with with such pleasure about these books that you had as a child. And there was a Br'er Rabbit one, is that right? uh, Yes, uh, the the Greedy Rabbit and other stories, which I think was my first birthday uh, gift on the 27th of December. (laughs) Still bitter about Christmas. You can still remember it. Yeah, I remember it just even being, like I can even remember being in bed reading it. Mm. It's it's strange memory. Do do you have very early memories of reading? Yeah, so I didn't read fluently until I was nine and a half Really? Ten. Yeah, I had delayed reading, um, but I was really lucky. I had a wonderful, wonderful mother who read to me and my father. They were both, and my grandparents and my childminder, they all read to me. Um, so I grew up with, covered in stories. <laughs> I was <laughs> loused with stories. And um, I was really lucky because my mum was a primary school teacher. So although I wasn't great at reading, she understood the power of stories. And I had these Disney little records and they're kind of like audiobooks now. And you mm-hmm. put them on your record player and then it said, when Tinkerbell does her little bell, 
turn the page. So I wasn't reading, but I could kind of follow along with you the You would do the actions. Yeah. And so, but what was really important is my dad was really into Irish history and still is. And he kind of spotted the fact that a lot of the books he was reading to me were English. You know, Winnie the Pooh, you know, yes. Blyton. So he made a real effort to go out. He went to a shop called Hodges Vegas, which still exists, of course. And he found Sinead de Valera, who was Dev's wife. Um, oh, nice. Irish fairy Tales. So he read that to me. He read. You have the um, book in studio yeah, and there's little yeah. fairies dancing in a forest. Yeah. But Sinead de Valera um, and um, Lady Gregory before her mm. um, really believed in the power of Irish uh, myths and legends and fairy tales. And they really wanted to pass them on to the next generation of Irish children growing up in their country, Ireland, our country. The big Gaelic revival, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of magical books now which are re imagining Irish myths and legends. There's a beautiful book by Ellen Ryan and Shirley Shona MacDonald called Girls Who Slay Monsters. Yeah. Did you see that I one? I did. Oliver? And there was a follow-up as well. Yeah. Um, Boys Gods don't, don't Cry. Gods Don't Cry, yes. Yeah, so what was. Ellen Ryan is so cleverly doing with her illustrations, that's illustrated by Connor Merriman, is she's taking these gorgeous traditional story tales or stories and myths and legends and she's updating them for modern mm-hmm. children and she's kind of including representation. There's a farting dog in one of the stories, which is just wonderful. These are all true Irish legends. Yeah, yeah. No, but she's reimagining the world and she's passing it on to the next generation and I think that is so so important It is Take us back because there was a time it feels like uh, we just mentioned Don Conroy and people Mm. like that there was a time when Mm. children's books Irish children's books really thrived and everyone kind of talked about them almost more so than the English ones So I've been a bookseller for a long long time Oliver Mm. I've been in books for nearly 30 years and when I was a very, very young bookseller in Waterstones in Dawson Street, which is now Tower Records, um, I ran the children's department. I had a ball and we I worked with Paul Murray and John Boyne and Cormac Kinsella and Helen Carr and all these amazing people who've gone on to do amazing things. Helen is now one of my editors in O'Brien Press. And when I ran the children's section there, we had two whole bays devoted to Irish children's books. And this isn't books Osgwelegat, this is like Irish books published in Ireland uh, very, very proudly. And people used to come in and say, right, what have you got for a seven-year-old that's Irish? What have you got? Do you have any picture books that are Irish? It was a big thing. And I think it was because Irish children's books were quite new and exciting then. And everyone would have known who Marita Conlon McKenna is. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, she is really... (laughs) Under the hawthorn tree. Yes, exactly. Wildflower Girls. Is it late 80s her book came out? Yeah, so 30 years old. Ages, didn't it? Yeah, and it's still, still it, it very rarely leaves the Irish top ten. Is that right? Or sorry, top a hundred. Oh, we'll right. talk about the top we'll ten maybe in a minute. In a minute. But, but, but but the year you're yeah. talking about, this, this is not that long ago. No, it's the mid nineties. Mid nineties. Yeah. Okay. So in the mid nineties, Irish children's books were huge, mm-hmm. and you would have Owen Colfer on the radio, yes. um, Tom McCochran. Yes, I, Tom I think read a people few of those. will remember those amazing nature books. Um, yeah, Run With The Wind, which are actually republished now, which is amazing. But yeah, so there was a time where we didn't take it for granted. Eamon Kelly's we, stories as well, I remember yeah, in the 90s, they, yeah. were, they were flying. Yeah, so there were, like, there was amazing stuff happening. O'Brien yeah. oh, Press were flying the flag strongly. There was Pool Bag, Attic Books had an imprint for young, you know, teenage girls. So it was flying it, flying it. Mm-hmm. And then... 
things started to change. And it's only last year that I suddenly started realising, hang on a second here. You know, we are missing something here. And if I'm taking all this for granted, you know, what is happening with other parents, caretakers, librarians, teachers? I'd kind of taken my eye off it a bit. And it was only last spring, Marisa Colin McKenna had another book out called Fairy Hill. And she hadn't written a children's book for years and years and years. And Fairy Hill is amazing. Mm -hmm. It's a a take on the stolen child story. It's kind of for age nine plus. And I realised, Marita is a great friend of mine. I love her dearly. And I was checking the bestseller list. I was going, yeah, I hope she gets to number one. She really deserves it. A huge moment in children's book. Huge moment. Nothing. Oliver, it didn't hit the top 10. Now, it did extremely well and is continuing to sell extremely well. It's still a brilliant book, but it didn't hit the top 10. And then I realised Owen Colfer, another huge name in Irish children's books, wasn't hitting the top 10. His last book, Juniper's Christmas, Mm -hmm. hit the top 10 in the New York Times bestsellers. (laughs) New York Times, but not Irish Times. Something's going wrong here. Um, Oliver Jeffers hitting the New York Times bestsellers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah Crossan winning the Carnegie Award. Now the Carnegie is a really, it's like our the booker for children's book awards. Yeah. Um, you know, so all this was happening and yet Irish children's books were not really being valued as much as I think they should be in Ireland. So it's, who buys uh, the children's books? Is it the parents usually mm. come in and buy it? So Irish parents are yeah. not buying our own books. Well, what is the current state of the of the top 10 yeah, in the last so few years? Yeah, so over the last, so last year I did a lot. So I started getting a little bit obsessed, Oliver. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we I started. Tell. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, isn't it lovely to have a life passion, Oliver? Well, it's a good obsession. Yeah. If you're going to be obsessed about something, being obsessed about (laughs) children's books isn't necessarily a bad thing. (laughs) So last year, I tracked it really carefully for 15 weeks between May and early August and no Irish children's books charted during that time. But I compared it against adult original fiction. So Colin Barrett, who you had in recently, I loved that interview. It was gorgeous. So his book charted, right? And books like that chart, even though they're debut Irish novels. um, So, and his book would have been original fiction. Okay. Mm. So in the original fiction chart in the same time, there were 96 Irish writers for adults charting, which is 64. 4% of the market. And over the last six weeks, I've been studying it again. <laughs> again, zero Irish children's books in the top 10. Right. Zero for so six weeks since January. Books are enormous. Selling. 68% since January in the original fiction for adults. For yeah. adults. So there's a huge disconnect there. there we're supporting Irish adult books and we're supporting our rugby players and our runners. We're supporting Killian Murphy. Go, mm. Killian. He's brilliant. We're having a huge moment yeah, for Irish we're culture. We're having a moment. But the thing is, Irish children's books are having a moment. It's just it's not always being recognised. You mentioned uh, Steve McCarthy and Paddy Donnelly last week. So Steve and Paddy were long listed for the Carnegie Award for Illustration. And this is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And I was delighted now that you mentioned it. If one of those two is shortlisted, it will be incredible. If they won, it would be out of this world. But Sarah Crossan who was our laureate in Ogue a few years ago, Mm -hmm. did win the Carnegie Award a few years ago. And didn't get the coverage that uh, you you think it deserved. Sarah Cross has a big book out this year, doesn't she? She has. Where the Heart is, I think it's called. Where the Heart should be, I think. Yes, thank Uh, you. Because I know The Guardian put it on all of their books and they mixed children and adult books together and said this is one to watch for this year. 
Yeah. Um, so what, what's the problem? Well, I've been thinking about this deeply, deeply, Oliver. And the, the problem is there is no one problem. So therefore, there's no one solution. Uh, one of the reasons this is happening is a lot of big publishers have a lot of money to put behind brand names. So if you ask anyone in the street now to name some children's authors, they may come up with these big names for you mm -hmm. and they will know them because there are posters out there. <clears throat> there are Netflix shows. There are movies. Look at the new Wonka movie. You know, yeah. that has shot Roald Dahl's book, Wonka, even though he didn't write it. It was another writer, of course, Shabelle Pounder wrote it. But, so um, Roald Dahl didn't write? Well, he's he's not with us anymore, Oliver. Oh, sorry, so the, the film you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about the but, book. No, no, there's a book yes, called Wonka, yes, which not, is a take it's on... It's not a story he wrote. Yeah, yeah, it's a prequel thing that they've invented. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But exactly. the Roald Dahl, it's a brand, as you say. It's, it's a become brand. a corporate entity, yeah, really, Yeah, the man is it? no longer with us. Yeah. yeah, and bless his cotton socks, he does not need the money anymore. So are Irish <laughs> children, they're reading loads of Roald Dahl still. The parents are still buying them, the Enid Blyton's Roald Dahl. Obviously, the more modern ones like David Williams, which are being churned. They're being churned out. Yeah. Uh, Wimpy yeah. Kid as well. Yeah. J.K. Rowling obviously still there. Yeah, the it's funny. It slipped a little bit, but yeah, still it's there. Still there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. these are the decisions the parents the are making because the money is there behind them. Yeah, but also they're, they're ones they know. So it's kind of a chicken and egg one. Because they know these books, they feel comfortable with these books, so they buy the books. Nostalgia plays a huge role. And this is a, a kind of Dal Blighton factor as well. We read Alan Blyton when we were growing up, Oliver. Yeah. So they're in our heads. They're, <laughs> they're push, in our DNA. Push it on the next you know? generation. You did to learn this too. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you, you know, I um, in halfway up the stairs, like parents come in and they they gravitate towards Ina Blyton and we go, would you like to meet another type of book that's just as funny as Blyton but it's Irish? They always go, yeah, they, I would. Do they really? Yeah. Okay, they and we go, well. Shane Hegarty, he's your man. Yeah. He is Blyton. Yes, he can. You know, he's Brilliant, Shane Blyton Hegarty. and Roald Dahl and all of those mixed up, isn't he? Yeah. And he's a huge, um, he's a huge uh, series of works, Shane Hegarty. Yeah, yeah. So he has all the ice cream ones and then he has the Bush series and he has Darkmouth. He's an amazing writer. And, you know, we're coming down with amazing writers. One of my favourite books, I, I was a bit nervous coming in today, Oliver, so I didn't sleep that well last night. <laughs> so, no, no, it's just nerves. You know yourself, you do it every day. You're, so you're absolutely fine. Now. Yeah, no, I'm the same as you. Yeah, barely sleep. <laughs> but I was um, reading reading David O'Doherty's The Summer I Robbed a Bank, which is one of the greatest comedy books that anyone in Ireland has ever produced. It is wise, it is funny, but there's also that kind of seam of sadness going through. Is Uncle, there? Yeah. So it's about a boy called Rex. He hates mm -hmm. his name because everyone always goes, oh, don't wipe your bum on the floor, Rex. Ha ha ha, we won't <laughs> give you dog food, Rex. Um, but then he loves his Uncle Derm. So his parents have split up and he goes to stay on Ackle Island with his Uncle Derm, who is amazing. He's a gorgeous, gorgeous man. But Uncle Derm isn't well, you know. Right. And, and he, Rex knows this and together they rob a bank. And I won't tell you why or how, but Sounds it like is an crack. amazing book. But it's also, it's quite deep. You know, it's funny. It's got millions of layers in it. But it settled my nerves beautifully, Oliver. Beautifully. It's education by stealth in a way, isn't it? Yeah, because, you know, yeah. the kids, they're suddenly realising this character, but they're mostly having fun. Yeah, with the, with the, but also we have a really heist. complex history in Ireland. You know, we do. We have a complex history and we have amazing authors like Marisa Connor McKenna, mm -hmm. like Anna Carey, The Making of Molly which is in the arc now in the form of a play, but it's a beautiful book all about suffragettes. So we have ways of 
examining our history through historical fiction mm-hmm. that we can pass on to kids, you know. Judy Curtin as well. Judy Curtin, Sally, City of Dreams. I remember yeah. you talking to a little girl the, the, in the bookshop the and she loved In your bookshop it. were absolutely Entrolled. mad for that, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Sally uh, and City of Dreams is brilliant. It's I about two young girls. I was amazed because would have just kids under 10, they're no, no interest in our boring old history. No. The opposite. No. So uh, you were about to tell us what it's about. Oh, Sally and the City of Dreams is about two girls. One's called Bridget. So I always call it Bad Bridget for kids. So if one of them gets arrested and like Judy doesn't pull her punches. Like she puts the girl in prison. (laughs) Yeah, she's accused of falsely stealing someone's handbag and she gets put in prison. And then her sister has to go into the court and defend her sister. It's very moving. But also covering how the Irish were treated in America at that time. And this is an immigrant yeah. I mean, it's it's that's inc- it's just very clever, isn't it's it? It's brilliant, and it's written so simply, um, and it's so readable, and it's about friendship and kindness. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant book. I highly recommend it. There's loads of text coming in. Um, I am David. You mentioned mm. I am David is one of the earliest books I read as a child, nearly mm. fifty years ago. I gave it to my teenage daughter to read, but it's gathering dust. <laughs> <laughs> I also remember yeah. Sinead De Valera and her fairy tales fondly. Yes. Uh, someone says they also have uh, Sinead de Valera's book. It's very tattered now. It's from uh, Maureen. Uh, your your well, copies tattered. are great. I have about five copies on it. <laughs> but tattered is good. Tattered means a book is loved. Mm, it's like the Velveteen Rabbit. Like the Velveteen Rabbit was so tatty because it was so loved. Yeah. Is it possible or because of all the celebrities who've muscled their way into the children's books market are pushing out the actual writing talent? Yeah. Like you cover that. But your, your point is more exposure. Mm. Well, there's lots, I think there's lots of ways that we can help. I think the important thing is when you are buying a book for a child or borrowing a book from the library or choosing a class novel for your class for teachers to think Irish, you know, guaranteed Irish, yeah, to think Irish in libraries, the story times can be an Irish book. Um, when you're bringing and next weekend is Ireland Reads Weekend, yeah, the 24th, yeah. and there are events for children happening all over the country in libraries. So look up your local library, see if there's something and bring a child in because you really, it's really important. We were talking about Barry Keown and we were talking about um, Killian Murphy. Children know now they can be an Oscar nominated or even winning actor. They can. And they see Katie McCabe and they see all these people. So I want them to see children's writers and go, wow, I could do that too. I could have a career as a children's illustrator or writer. This is a possible thing for me. There's no shortage of them. There's no shortage of stories. The shortage is in our our thinking. How are the libraries doing, by the way? Libraries are brilliant. Libraries have been incredibly, uh, incredibly supportive. So our campaign is called Discover Irish Kids Books. We have a website. We're all over social media. And if you are having problems finding a book, say you go, well, hey, actually, I would like my child to, you know, read David Williams' And an Irish book, because we're absolutely not saying put a hold on the international books. You know, international books are incredibly important and children don't just read one book a year. You know, yeah. we're saying they don't need the promotion. No, they don't need the promotion. They're buying them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you need so to lift the Look at these the books. It's and kind look of come in these. and chat to the person in the in the shop. Chat to the bookshop. Chat they to know. the booksellers. But if you're having problems, we have posters on our website, and they are. If you like David Williams, you'll love uh, Paul Howard. 
Freddie Alexander, Shane Eggerty, Patricia Ford, or Laureate Nanogue, David O'Doherty, Alan Nolan. And then if you like Ina Blyton, you'll love all these. If you like mystery books, you'll love all these. So we have masses of posters up there, Oliver. So mm. there is actually no excuse. Question, what age is David O'Doherty's <laughs> book suitable for? Oh, it depends on the child. So it depends how sensitive they would be around it. it has, Someone being ill. Yeah, yeah, it has a cancer storyline. So just to be sensitive around that but I would say maybe 9, 10 plus nine, ten, yes. right up to me I'm in my I early want. 50s Oliver so. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. adults can read these books themselves not only they, they can forget. they should they should if yeah. you want a bit of hope if you want like me your nerves calmed a bit pick up an Irish kids book absolutely uh, tell us um, the Ireland Reads that's this weekend yes, coming isn't it this weekend so coming you yeah. are one of the ambassadors I am delighted along to be an with, ambassador um, along with Rick many O'Shea and, yeah. Paul Lynch Marion yeah. Keyes there Patricia Ford who's Patricia a friend Ford, of this show Patricia Ford Laureate all hail Princess Patricia the great Liz Nugent um, <laughs> I hear rumours she's writing um, another one yeah. which I'm sure she'd never yeah. stop she'd never stop yeah. so that's the main point Sarah um, Discover what's the website Discover irishkidsbooks.ie That's where you're going to find irishkidsbooks.ie You have a chart compiled of, of, of yeah. Irish books. And you? every month we're doing uh, we have the new titles up there so you can find all the new Irish books every month. Every week we have a new Irish chart coming from a different independent Irish bookshop. So this week is halfway up the stairs. Next week will be Charlie Burns. Uh, Maeve, lovely Maeve from Charlie Burns is doing that. And Great. she has a book out very soon too. She has a book out in March. Yeah. Sarah Webb, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank oh, you so thank much. You. Uh, your own book, what's it called? Uh, my book is called The Weather Girls and it's coming in May and it's about D-Day. <laughs> Nearly forgot to promote your own book. Oh, you're such a, you're such a supporter of other children's <laughs> books. Sarah Webb, thank you very much and good luck and enjoy thank Ireland you. Reads and all of that. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back after the Email oliver at rte.ie 